Welcome to our first Life on the Inside podcast. To kick things off, and in honour of World Health Day, we are discussing depression and hormonal health with our head practitioner, Elizabeth Mucci. So what are some of the things we should be conscious of when it comes to depression? I think with any um, disease or issue in our body with any particular area, there's a whole heap of um, biochemistry that's involved. Um, One important factor would be, is there a genetic predisposition for this? And have a look at grandparents and not just your parents, um, sisters, brothers, you know, um, uncles, aunts. Because if that's there, um, it might already be that we've got a predisposition. We don't necessarily have to have that display itself, but we might have to change our lifestyle to help that um, condition turn off so that we're not suffering from it. So that's something that's pretty important to think about. And then other things that can... um, influence those genetic sort of um, predispositions and then there's other things that you might not have a genetic sort of predisposition for this at all but you might have um, emotional stresses um, and so therefore counselling would be really good in that situation so where you're you know you might have a really toxic environment or you might have been brought up in a really toxic environment and therefore that's um change the way you might handle situations and be you might be less resilient to particular situations and so that would be a path maybe to seriously look at and what you can do to strengthen that and or you might have a predisposition to hormonal issues and so therefore um, certain conditions that can affect your balance of hormones can then start to influence how um you handle a situation in particular times of your cycle. And so that's a bit of a clue. So if you think, oh, I was really happy for half of my cycle and then all of a sudden I'm very dark, if not even suicidal, at other times of your cycle, it would be... um, useful to plot down when you're feeling depressed you know is this something you're feeling all the time or is this something that you might feel you know for a week every month so that that's something that then you would go down a different path um, as well as maybe looking at counseling and genetic sort of situations um, as well as well hang on maybe I've got to address what's causing these hormonal disruptions And then um, depression can come as a result of gut function issues. So people tend to leave that out um, and look at, you know, when did this depression start? Were you happy for most of your life? And then all of a sudden you've you've travelled overseas, you've got something um, that might be affecting the gut function and then all of a sudden your um, serotonin, which is your happy hormone, is being depleted and then you're going down a depression pathway of medication instead of maybe looking at what's called that in the first place. So um, I think a lot of this is about really knowing yourself really well and just having a look at, you know, how is this depression displaying and what tools do you need to sort of get on board and what part of it can you play? You know, are you exercising at all? That, you know, drops your depression by quite a lot. Um, In you know, just having, just one really knowing yourself really well would be where you would start. And then knowing how to sort of handle that particular depression in that particular person. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. 
Can we just circle back to what you were saying in regards to hormones specifically? So it's an area that there's a bit of controversy around, um, from my understanding, with psychologists and with, um, you know, other healthcare professionals and healthcare practitioners. So how do we start to look at depression in terms of is it related to PMT, PMS, and then, um, you know, postnatal depression are these factors that we need to think about in relation to depression specifically or is it more a hormonal issue or is it both? So what I tend to see in my practice um, is that um, a lot of women that come to me with P- PMS or um, postnatal depression, um, there's been clues along the way that has shown them that, you know, they might have needed some correction in maybe lifestyle or they've got family um, sort of history where there's been a lot of um, hormonal issues. So endometriosis, say, for example, um, can actually make you more prone to depression. Or they, um, you know, you might hear a history where a, a mother's had a hysterectomy at a very young age because her hormones were, you know, um, not controlling that sort of system. And you know, also suffered from depression and then she gets a hysterectomy and all of a sudden she's feeling a lot better as a result. So I think um, to say it's only just the way that you handle situations um, would be a bit narrow because that's not what I'm seeing in my room. So a lot of time as I'm approaching um, the balancing of hormones and the correcting of maybe um, lifestyle that's affecting those hormones, women within a very short period of time are feeling that they're no longer depressed. They're a lot happier. A lot of their PMS has disappeared. Um, the way they view the world is a lot better, but they haven't done counselling in the meantime. So it's a very quick turnaround in some women that within a month or two months, they've actually, you know, they've already gone down a lot of the counselling road in the past and they just feel like they're stuck in this rut going round. So it's like, yeah, I, I've learnt this this situation but when it gets to a certain time of my cycle I'm finding everything goes out the window and I still feel this excruciating you know dark sort of darkness that comes over me um, and then when they're corrected hormonally they just say the darkness isn't there anymore and really that's what the aim is is when you're hormonally balanced you shouldn't really feel too much of a difference throughout that cycle that cycle should be that you know um mentally and emotionally you're fairly stable so I would use it as a clue I would see if there's if you are getting PMS use that as your body crying out that hey you're doing something in your life that's that's disturbing my hormones um, and therefore address that for instance a lot of alcohol use is going to um, increase estrogen and drop progesterone in a lot of situations. And when you're hitting that week before your periods are due, you might all of a sudden see that um, you've got uh, a lot of PMS or irritability, um, you're like a different person. Some people say, you know, this this witch comes out for that week and they're really different and they, they view the world really differently. They can't sort of um, contain their emotions. Um, and then they're dealing with all the guilt after that because they've, you know, said things to their partner or their kids that they really regret. Um, but it's only for that short period of time. And then the rest of the time, they handle the same situation very differently. So I think that's the big clue is to sort of go, is this just showing up at a particular time? 
and therefore you've got all the skills the rest of the time to handle these situations and then all of a sudden in that particular week or a few days before it's like you're a totally different person what we know is if if they're suffering that they tend to have uh, a high estrogen to progesterone ratio and so we've got to look at things that can lower those estrogens um, and things that increase the progesterone. So if we're wanting to increase progesterone, exercise is a, is a good thing to do that. And we know that exercise also just helps with general depression anyway. Um, and so that's something that they would have to just slot in their day and be quite disciplined to sort of you know, say I either go for a walk for 20 minutes a day or I make sure I, I do some really um, high-intensity sort of exercise three times a week um, to help balance um, other systems in the body. So it's not just a hormonal thing. It's usually how your body's dealing with sugars, insulin, um, feedback systems um, from the brain. It's actually quite complicated but if because um, exercise is dealing with so many of those... We know that if they just exercise, usually it's balancing a whole heap of biochemistry that's affecting that particular part. So that's one thing. Definitely exercise has to play a role. Um, the other thing is knowing that the things that raise estrogens, a lot of them are, are animal fats um, and alcohol. So I think things like looking at uh, a lot of refined foods, sugars, alcohol is a big one. Um, coffee, drinking too much coffee can be an issue as well because you're stimulating um, a nervous system that then, um, you know, has become quite uh, dependent on the alcohol sugar, for instance, because alcohol is, you know, a lot of its wines are high in sugars. And so you've set up these situations that then you're still behaving the same way lifestyle-wise in that week before your period, but your hormones aren't allowing you to actually... That lifestyle for that particular period of time is quite um, disturbing to the biochemistry. So what would you say to women who suspect that, oh, actually, maybe I do feel depressed, but I'm not clinically depressed, I don't have depression for two or more weeks... Um, but I do get depressed and it could be maybe maybe this is a hormone-related issue, what would they need to start doing to recognise that or to become aware of that? So I suppose some of the ways we might, um, you know, start to realise maybe it's more a hormonal um, issue um, is if we start to pay more attention to our cycle. So a lot of People don't. They just sort of, you know, it is what it is. But if we start to plot down, maybe even diarise, um, okay, this is day one of your cycle, the day that you bleed, and as you go through, just start diarising for a couple of months what your emotions are, even on each day, um, and see if there's a pattern that's showing up um, and how you feel on each day. So if you sort of think, hang on, I'm feeling fantastic on these days, then we know it's less likely without medication that it's less likely that it's clinical depression um, because that's more going to be a consistent sort of thing. Um, and you might find that, you know, 25 out of the 28 days, you're feeling pretty good and then you're feeling really dark and sad or all of a sudden all the past comes back, you know, um, 
and they're on particular days. Or you might find not only that it's premenstrual, but right around ovulation will be another weak spot. So you might go around day, you know, 13 or 14 of my cycle, I was teary and sad and I was remembering everything that, um, you know, my partner did that I was angry about or something like that. And then it's gone again. You know, I think it's just really helpful if we can plot it throughout a cycle and we can see some patterns. That's what I like to do with my patients. And I do see that not just with depression, but other things are influenced that way as well. And so you might see anxiety all of a sudden come up at certain times of the cycle, um, or you might see cravings come up at certain times of the cycle. And so then it's it's more about, okay, what can I do to perfect that cycle um, and help me you know, lessen those sort of highs and lows in those particular times. And that's what you would be looking at, um, especially for those who have already done a lot of counselling. And they're finding that, yes, it helps on a certain level. Um, it's helping me understand myself on a deeper level and what strategies I might put in place on those particular times. But if we can, you know, a lot of people um, are living there, especially um, younger people and it is a bit of a vicious cycle where if you're feeling down we tend to live a little bit more uh, destructive lifestyles on those particular days where you know you just tend to eat yourself silly and all your junk food comes back because you don't really care because you're feeling quite down or um, you might drink a lot so that you're you know you're drowning out the sorrows or um, you might start you know some people will take drugs and and those, those things then last in your system for quite some time. So you're just in this vicious spiral that's spiralling down. So I think it's more about, you know, being real, really getting to know what is my background, what is my genetic background. If I do have this predisposition, accepting that and then, you know, looking at how you can lessen that sort of um, that biochemistry. And, and it always comes back down to knowing yourself, eating clean, um, living a healthy lifestyle. I always like to sort of think, you know, if we were out uh, in a jungle right now, like we should have been, what would be the reality of our lifestyles? You know, what time would we wake up? You know, what time would we go to sleep? And in, in that, even just in that, um, there tends to be a lot of um, biochemistry that's balanced out. You know, the, the, the sky gets dark at a certain time. It raises melatonin. That's going to let us go into a, a sleep um, quite early, usually by nine, you know, 10 o'clock if we've got a, a fire burning, you know, and then you would go off into this sleep, sleep really well because we wouldn't have had our hands on a lot of sugar, so we wouldn't have been wired up. There's, a, there's just all this biochemistry in our world today that's being um, stressed as a result, and so therefore we've got all these disease states and ailments that are coming around it. So I think if we just sort of bring it down to, look, if I was out there, what would be my lifestyle? I'd be up pretty early. You know, birds would be chirping. I'd be up at about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. I would have already gone and got water down at the well. You'd be moving. You'd be maybe climbing up, um, you know, steep sort of slopes and you'd be moving a lot more. We tend to not do that, so, which is why, you know, you get countries where as soon as they hit the winter, a lot of people are committing suicide or they're getting a lot of depression because the sunlight's going down. So then we've got other issues there as well. So serotonin is, you know, what something that we need to look at if it's not um, 
just a, a genetic thing or if it's not uh, just a hormonal thing or a combination of both, there's gut function as well. Um, because the gut is responsible pr for producing um, most of the serotonin, um, if there is a, an underlying condition there, you might find that you're, you're going through doing everything else um, and you've balanced your hormones, um, you've spoken to counsellors, you, you know, um, and then all of a sudden you're still feeling um, some form of depression. It might be lighter or you might handle it better, but it's still sort of there. Um, I particularly, with when I hear depression with patients, um, I usually always deal with the gut while I'm dealing with everything else um, and look at the gut's health. But if we look at the conditions where, say, for instance, you have um, an upset tummy, you might have got a, a, a gastric sort of um, or gastritis or, or something like that or picked up a bug, Often what happens in that scenario is you might find that you're depressed for those days that you're suffering with those conditions. Um, a lot of people do. And um, usually if someone comes to me saying, uh, you know, that they're feeling down or depressed and they don't know why, I usually ask, you know, have they been overseas? Have they found that they've had an upset stomach lately? Um and a lot of the time they say, yeah, actually, I, I have. My, my tummy is actually playing up. So um, that would be something you definitely wouldn't want to ignore in this, in this sort of subject anyway. You want to be looking at, you know, what is the health of, of my gut and, and go, you know, if everything's fine, then at least you're narrowing down. I usually look at these problems like a funnel effect. You look at all the things that could be influencing it and, you know, like a checklist, try and make sure that they're taken care of and then is the problem still there? If the problem's still there, you're narrowing down the reasons it could be there. Okay, so it sounds like really what you're saying is that, you know, the first step is to notice, um, you know, be more aware of your mood and when you're feeling what you're feeling Um have a way of recording that mm -hmm. and then being open to the possibility that there's a lot of things to explore in this and that there could be multiple factors or that's having an effect on someone's mood. Um, and what do they do once they're aware of that? What Should they go see their GP? Should they go see a psychologist? What's the next sort of step? Mm. Um, so I think definitely... Um, Getting some practitioners involved in this is going to speed up the process of repair and, and discovery. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, might take this on board themselves and think, oh, that's great, yep, got it, and I'll, um, I'll change these few things, and that might help for a couple of people, you know, out there, a few people that they sort of think, yeah, well, I'm eating a lot of junk food, and as soon as I stopped doing that, I felt a lot better. So they are definitely going to get a benefit. But I think if you're... If it's really something that is um, quite, um, you know, um, constant in your life or it's somewhere that you tend to go very quickly, so you might be quite pessimistic and um, you it's something that, you know, might have a lot of background, like where you think, look, I've, I've 
always been like this. You know, as soon as there's a problem, I get very dark and negative and I lose all my hope for something. Um, definitely counselling would be something that um, I think is um, going to be extremely helpful in speeding up the process of you getting to know yourself. Um, if it's something where you need some nutritional advice and you're thinking, well, I actually don't know what's really right for me because what might be right for somebody might not be right for you. And um, then, yes, you would source a, a nutritionist and um, um, or a, a naturopath or... Um, a dietitian, whichever you you prefer, um, and you could maybe go through your GP to see which one they might suggest in that particular um, situation. If it's medication, you know, first line would definitely be um, your GP, and they will guide you in which way to sort of go. Um, psychologists will do the same; they might guide you. So if you they they will know whether how much of this is. Um, at the seriousness of the problem behind what they're sort of dealing with. And then, uh, but definitely I think um, if you can get, if you can source help from the outside, um, it's going to speed up the process, make it uh, clearer what you're actually dealing with. Um, and, you know, they have to guide you because all the, it depends on the problem. So because the problem could be multifaceted. So you would look for someone that can actually you know, deal with the, the lots of different problems and know someone that will listen and, and take the time to sit down and listen to you and, and what you come to them with. You know, I've, it would be great for you to go to a practitioner saying, I've noticed that these are the times I feel depressed or I've noticed that this is, these are my triggers um, for this. Um, then they will, that, that'll help them know which way to sort of approach it, I think, yeah. Elizabeth, thanks so much for your time. You've given us a lot to think about. You're welcome. And happy World Health Day. <laughs>